This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. My name is Sri Ram Srinivasan and I am your host for this episode. Today we will discuss about the sweeping changes made by India in the regulation of geospatial data and maps. The rules governing the sector have been liberalized in a complete reversal of the government's approach till date. According to the new guidelines, entities and individuals require no prior approval or security clearance or a license for collecting, processing, publishing or storing data. India currently relies quite heavily on foreign technologies in mapping and so the new policy seeks to spur innovation on the ground in this sector in india many experts have hailed this to discuss the significance of the new guidelines and what impact they could have on the ground we are joined by a special guest devdatta tengshe dev is a geographic information systems professional who works with both private and public sector clients in the mapping industry He earlier worked at Istro as a remote sensing scientist. Hi Dev, let me start by asking you why are these new guidelines such a big deal? Sri Ram, these uh, new guidelines which have come about are really groundbreaking and many people might not understand why they are groundbreaking so let me just provide some context to it and it has to be seen from two different points of view one is the existing rules and regulations which were there what has happened so far for the last 100 odd years with the government be it before independence or after is that mapping has always been a sensitive issue so governments have not been really open to allow anybody and everybody to do mapping this had slightly changed in 2005 when the government had come up with a new mapping policy uh where they had said that they would open up some data and would allow other people to use that data but that policy was rather limited in the sense that it only talked about what the government's mapping arm which is the survey of india what it would allow in the open domain what it could do and what it could not do what it left completely uh in the open without any guidelines was whether any civilian whether any citizen or any private organization what they were allowed to do and this was a cause of lot of confusion for companies and people who work in the sector as well as use this kind of spatial data because they were not sure whether they can actually use the data or not and this is compounded by the fact that a lot of data that we use is inadvertently very sensitive so the government would say that maybe say dams and reservoirs are things which you cannot show but when i as a tourist just go to uh, say one of the brindavan uh, gardens near mysore and uh, take a selfie along with my selfie my camera also records my location and now that suddenly becomes location information about a sensitive area so what was happening was that many of us were inadvertently creating data which we were not allowed to do and that is why uh, there was a lot of confusion about what could be done what could not be done the second point why this is such a groundbreaking set of guidelines is that in 2016 the government had come up with a draft set of guidelines 
on what could be done with geospatial information. And that was really a draconian set of rules which said that you could not do anything on your own and any data that you record or generate needs to be certified by a government committee. And if that was what was actually going to go into law, then most of our modern IT apps and services would basically come to a screeching halt because many people would think that geospatial data is something fancy, but it's not. It's just any data where you have some location component. It could be a lat long, it could be an address, it could be a location. So for example, when you uh, hail a Uber or an Ola, you're generating spatial data. Now, if you did not have the permission to generate that data, then you would not be able to hail that cab. So all of these kind of apps would suddenly become illegal if that law had come about. So for the last four odd years, we were a little bit in the gray zone, not knowing what was going to happen, whether they were going to come up with a set of uh, draconian rules or whether we would be allowed to do that. And it is in this context that these new guidelines are completely uh, surprising because they basically open up everything for every Indian citizen a company organization to do it also allows foreign companies to do a certain set of limited things but that's actually a very good thing because it's actually in the right direction earlier it was not at all explicitly clear whether we could do this and now it's quite clear that we are allowed to do all of these things without any um, uh, any fear of getting uh, prosecuted for sharing spatial data and so on Dave, your reference to the uh, gray zone that existed all along, isn't it remarkable that all these services could uh, function in this gray zone? Was, wasn't there a pushback from the government? Was there a, uh, wasn't there any problems with such, a, uh, such an environment? Uh, definitely, there has always been some pushback. So you might remember a few years back, Google was running a competition for mapping your zone, a mapathon and they had come under the government's radar. Similarly, what happens is that uh, even in the construction or infrastructure sector, what ends up happening is that only the government is allowed to create data. So if uh, when you're building a bridge or maybe a road, they need proper coordinates, and that has to be certified by the Survey of India. So there was sort of a backlog being created where many of these infrastructure projects could not be completed on time because uh, the government organizations didn't have enough bandwidth to do these things. So internally itself, there was a lot of pushback on these kind of things from various government departments that they wanted more of uh, this kind of data being generated by the private sector, by private citizens, and not just by government organizations. So you mentioned a Survey of India, and uh, it sort of had the uh, mandate to have the official say on on uh, the sphere. So, uh, what happens now? What what does it do? And it does it role change? Uh, does its role change? So, its role does change. It would still be the premier mapping organization of the government. Uh, the thing is that now uh, the guidelines actually talk about that the data which government organizations create, they should share it in the open. So, the Survey of India was creating maps, but those were limited to uh, a, mainly the defense, and B, a lot of government organizations. Hopefully, because of these guidelines, uh, they'll be opening up more of these data sets for the general public. 
like you will be surprised to know that for a long time they were not offering official uh, boundaries of india in a digital a machine readable format they started doing that just 2 years back so whenever we were hearing about uh, people saying that okay the wrong maps are being shown on uh, foreign websites or the correct map of india is not being shown what people like me were saying is please give us your official uh, boundaries we will definitely use that so the survey of india itself has been changing and i'm sure with these new guidelines its role will be different but they will continue to be sort of the official source of uh, data for a lot of things which we really need to uh, highlight what has changed uh, the the main thing is that uh, the Uh, need for any license to create or collate or manage or produce geospatial data has uh, has now gone right uh, and in terms of what it means uh, for uh, people on the ground or companies on the ground can you give some examples of pre this and post this okay so first of all it might appear that uh, really nothing has changed on the ground because all of us were creating this kind of data so on that front actually what we were doing was in the gray zone and is now actually officially allowed so that is one thing b secondly also you'll have to realize that a lot of apps that the layman uses uh, they would think that this map is being created by somebody but that somebody has to spend time and effort doing that so now when more and more companies will get into this field because it is now official like think of it that uh, any map that we use on our phones it tells us about one ways and two ways whether you're allowed to take left or not so this kind of data has to be dynamically collected by somebody and now that it actually becomes official you will see that there will be more competition more players coming into this field because they know that they are now allowed to do that so that is the biggest thing which you will see secondly uh, what you will start slowly seeing is that uh these guidelines also talk about uh we being allowed to collect data without having a permission for areas even which you can't directly visit so by that what it means is that you will be able to use drones and satellite imagery to collect data this was something which was uh not allowed in the earlier uh policy because they had this concept of uh, negative areas and areas which you could not map and show on a map so what would end up happening is that you would have around uh, when you looked at a, a satellite data from say isro you would have a black area somewhere and that was in fact like highlighting that there is something sensitive here what would end up happening is now that you would actually have higher quality maps because even though there are certain things which you cannot show are fall in the negative list of attributes as they call it in this guideline you can still show them on a map you will just not be able to mark them as uh, with their proper names or so on so the kind of maps that we will get would definitely improve for the end user as well do you see a, a big rush of companies coming into this area what kind of reaction do you see on the ground definitely uh, you must have heard about uh, isro having a mou with a company called uh, map my india so they are one of the pioneers in this field so they have in fact come up with new apps recently similarly what i am hearing from uh, people is that now that a lot of permissions etc have been removed they can do the surveying in a much faster way so i was talking to somebody who was involved this was a, a college professor who was involved for a metro project 
but they were not getting permission to fly drones to do the survey for the alignment of the metro. So now they are quite happy that they can actually fly the drone without asking for permission from anybody. And these are just the things that we know. We really don't know in what direction it will grow now that uh, it is completely free and open. So if I understand it right, even the companies which were working in government approved projects were finding it difficult to do certain basic things uh, which involved geospatial data, right? Definitely, definitely. You talked about uh, uh, the negative list and uh, this policy is also having a negative list, but it's based on a minimum set of parameters. Can you elaborate on what exactly has changed with respect to the minimum list? Sorry, excluded list. Right. So I think the nomenclature in the uh, guidelines has changed. Earlier, what was there was that you could not at all show certain areas or negative areas on a map at all. So if there was, let's, for example, say something, a military installation, a military radar site, that would be completely missing from the map. And if you are dealing with satellite data, it would be blacked out. So now if somebody is looking at that satellite data from somewhere, be it a terrorist sitting abroad or something, they could see that, okay, this is blacked out. That means this is something which is important. What has in fact happened now is that they have, first of all, removed this concept of areas which cannot be shown. Instead, they are saying that there would be certain areas which you cannot mark on a map. So that would be, in fact, better because you're not drawing attention to them. Secondary, what they have said is that the data which you collect, you can collect to different accuracy levels. So certain things, like, for example, if I want to mark a city on a map, it can be a few kilometers here and there, it doesn't matter. If I'm talking about a locality, it's a few hundred meters here and there, it doesn't matter. But if I'm talking about, say, a particular uh, shop, it needs to be within a few meters of that. So when we collect this data, we are actually recording it with certain accuracy. What they have said is that there are certain, uh, they have set a tolerance limit that beyond that tolerance limit of one meter, only Indian companies will be able to, Indian companies and Indian civilians will be able to collect that data. What that means is that other uh, people who collect this kind of data would have to collect it at a lower resolution. That is a minor sort of uh, obstacle for certain things. Definitely from a security point of view, it might definitely help the government. But from the usability point of view, for most people, it will not really matter. Like when I order something from Swiggy, anyway, I will usually just give the building name. He will look at the building uh, name at the gate and come in. That guy doesn't really require centimeter level accuracy. So for most use cases, this is more than enough of what we can do. A sort of issue with that high resolution data is many foreign companies will not be able to use that data directly. So when a foreign company like Google needs to now look at their data set and figure out how they can work around it. One way could be that they could reduce the accuracy of their data and that would be fine as well. Or B, they could go uh, and actually have an Indian subsidiary which works with that data. And then that would meet the requirements of these guidelines. But from an end user point of view, unless you are involved in uh, very high accuracy engineering and so on, you don't require that high accurate data. So for most lame person, this is not a limitation which they would ever run into. There's also a reference in the guidelines to uh, three meters uh, for vertical 
uh, elevation or there is a gravity norm things like that can you explain a bit more about this okay so these are slightly technical issues uh, so what that basically means is that usually when we are recording information or location most of us use a gps most of us in fact use a gps which is on our phone which is accurate to 5 6 meters so it doesn't really come into play when you're doing engineering level surveying you require higher accuracy and there are ways in which you record information to a much higher uh, tolerance limit of a few millimeters and in certain cases you also record things like the gravitational intensity and so on which are actually quite highly sensitive because those are used by missiles and so on to hone and reach the correct location so for very specific security reasons they have kept them in the tolerance limit which are not allowed to be exported outside of india but most of this gravity kind of data would not be used by most end users it has basically military as well as very specific engineering related uses so therefore that is something which is highly technical and won't really affect the internal users of the country it might help somebody else but that's fine if they can't use that data are there norms about where uh, such data can be stored there is definitely norms in these guidelines that this kind of data which is about the threshold value has to be saved has in india has to be processed by indian entities and because of that it will be uh, allowed or rather only indian entities will be allowed to use that data so that way it sort of protects this data from being exported outside the country and allows the indian authorities to sort of know who is using the data and make sure that it's not being abused in any way so if you look at the existing players especially those uh, uh, from overseas and these are big players like google for instance or apple how do you think uh, they would fare in the current environment uh, obviously uh, the indian firms could have an edge in terms of what they collect and how they collect i really don't think that they will have a major problem with it they might have to uh, fine tune a few of their data collection processes maybe they might have to set up servers in india and so on uh, the main reason why most of us use say google maps or apple maps is not just because of the data it's also because of the experience that it gives us as end users so on that front i don't really think it will affect them in a bad way in fact i think it will allow them to collect data in a different way like we know we don't have google street view in india i'm sure under these laws with collection of data above the threshold they can very easily start collecting data here and we should hopefully have better services from even these large uh, multinationals available in india going back to where we started actually the the uh, turnaround in policy and how uh, the government actually took a very different position from what it did in 2016 what could be the reason for this i mean it, you said it it is it was surprising uh, what do you think is the reason and is there any any major developing country or major developed country of, of outside of china which has such a uh, such a policy or had such a policy with respect to geospatial data right so here we are sort of entering into the area of speculation because it's at all not clear why suddenly this new policy has come about with such liberal guidelines and it's a surprise to every organization in the corporate sector that i know because we were expecting much more stringent uh, measures in the laws 
So it's a welcome move from the government. And in fact, as you mentioned that outside of China, basically every other developed country has made this kind of data openly available. They make this data available and they think of this as a public good. So that, for example, a municipality or a local government would release their data and actually ask people to collaborate with them on improving that and and on adding value to it. Already, this is actually not so surprising if you look at the other data policies which the government had released three, four years back, which actually talked about government data being made open and being shared with the public. So it's actually along those lines. We just didn't expect it to be uh, this liberal when it comes to spatial data. So this will spur the open data movement, is it? Definitely, it uh, definitely this guideline will spur the uh, open data movement because it asks for two things. It asks that all geospatial data which is produced using public funds should be made available to uh, the public at a certain uh, charge. It also talks about using online services and cloud-based services, so on, to make this data available in a useful format. And this is an important point because for many people in the civil society, in the open data movement, have found that getting data from the government is very difficult. And even when you get that data, that would be like a scanned uh, copy of a map or a scanned document, which is not really machine readable and you need to spend time digitizing it. So this is a very good direction that these guidelines are setting for making these kind of data available in a useful format. Isn't it remarkable to think of the fear factor of the government in holding on to this uh, realm? I mean, was it justifiable? Is, is the change uh, uh, dramatic? The change is definitely dramatic because uh, the government, especially when it comes to spatial data, always looked at itself as the generator of the data and the user of that data. All the documents so far, if you look at them, the national map policy or the uh, geospatial regulation bill which came about or the other uh, documents which came out only talked about what the Indian government's various arms would do, what kind of data they would generate and how they could consume that data. They were completely silent on what uh, the private sector could do and what it was allowed to do and so on. So from that point of view, it is a complete 180 degree turn on recognizing that this kind of spatial data is required for India's development, economic development, the kind of development and getting into the first world uh, status that we need when you need high quality mapping to happen. So in fact, the preamble of this guideline actually recognizes this kind of uh, importance of data for the first time. What would be the next steps? Do do we need a new law to uh, get this out or are the guidelines good enough? The guidelines would require some fine tuning and a few clarifications here and there. In fact, there was a recent uh, meeting of the stakeholders where they took feedback from people in the industry, people in the various government departments and so on. And there are a few things which are unclear in the guidelines. For example, it's not clear whether the satellite data that is available abroad, can that be imported directly or does the map policy still apply? So they had indicated that that would also be updated and a new map policy would come about. Similarly, there has been more uh, discussion about how various government organizations, be it the Survey of India or be it the uh, NATMO, which is uh, an organization which deals with creating thematic maps, how they would be dealing and sharing out their data. 
as well as what are these actual negative areas which uh, negative attributes which need to be uh, ignored in the maps so there are a few minor clarifications which are there in the data uh, in the guidelines which need to be finalized but otherwise this is a good direction no laws or no uh, bills need to be brought about because all of these things have always been offered through the policy and the guidelines so this is just the latest guideline which mentions that it uh, covers everything else and makes all of the other existing guidelines redundant and the industry doesn't have any major points of dissatisfaction with this right no the industry is quite happy with these guidelines because uh, as we have seen it completely makes things completely open you no longer need any permission you no longer need to uh, get the data validated or verified you no longer uh, need to publish data under a specific license or uh, share it only with few people so the freedom that is allowed by these guidelines are quite welcome by the industry on that note we'll end this episode of in focus devdatta thanks a lot for joining us and sharing your insights thanks a lot for inviting me and letting me talk on this topic in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon